It's Daisha D. And it's Jay Stan. Welcome back to In Retrospect Podcast. We look beyond the surface to find understanding. Bring you laughs, knowledge, and culture. So sit back, relax, and join the combo. We have a very special guest with us today. What's up, everybody? My name is DJ Screw. Uh, some people know me as Mr. Vickers, but I transitioned from a teacher to now a full-time DJ. So yeah. All right. Justin, you had something? Uh, well, yes, our guest is being extremely modest. He has his hands in a lot of pots. <laughs> but it's completely fine. We'll get to it as the show goes on. So <laughs> we're going to do our segment called Let's Unpack This, okay? Where we talk about either your letters, pop culture, social issues, and all things under that umbrella. Uh, this past weekend, I want to say Swarm, which is a, a Donald Glover's new series, came out. And I guess it is. Fire. Fire. I, I guess it is uh, giving a presentation of how like extreme fan bases are. Right. Um, but I wanted to know: a Have y'all checked it out? And if you have, what are your thoughts so far? I loved it. Okay. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, I'm a big Donald Glover fan, anyways, from ATF. So, like. Uh, I think Swarm definitely took the perspective of your ordinary fan mm -hmm. as well as your extreme fan, like literally, right. <laughs> <laughs> because even like, like thinking about it, like once I really thought about it, I was like, dude, there are really people out here who really think that they know someone based off of their social media. And this other person has no idea who you are. Like, um, like, it's interesting, even now, like, people will come up to me, and I'm like, bro, I'm nobody. Like, like Justin was saying, I was just like, bro, I'm just a regular person for me. But everybody would be like, yo, script, da, 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 all this type of stuff. Regular. I'm like, not regular, don't get it confused. I was going to say with the show, because I do want to circle back to that. So, disclaimer, I have yeah. so far, I've only watched the first episode, because I'm still, like, digesting it. process? Well, I get it, yeah. I get it. Because I like ETF. Yeah, go ahead. Well, what are you trying to digest exactly from the first episode? If you watched the first episode, you would... I watched it. I'm trying to understand what you digest. I'm, I'm trying, trying to understand. not to do spoiler alert. So what I'll say is this. I mean, you're not spoiling watch anything. I'm pretty sure it's all over social media. other people who, who want to watch it, though. So oh, well. in the first episode, uh, <laughs> there are characters that I expected to be there for the long haul. I'll say that. That's the first thing. Got there. Second, um, the like the uh, super fan character, she she commits a crime and then does something very odd afterwards. And I'm still trying to understand how the two are related. So long story short, because it's too it's too broad. She kills someone, and then she proceeds to eat a pie. Like, Ooh, like, so you gotta like, keep watching. Like, and I'm like, I'm trying to understand how the two relate. It just was so odd. And so I'm trying to debate if I even want to finish watching it. I probably will try, but I don't You know. definitely got to try. So I think also from a like teacher perspective, so I was looking at Dre, that's mm -hmm. the character's name, as like, I was trying to figure out what, which way of the spectrum she's actually on. Mm-hmm. So, so I was like, hmm, I see a little bit of, like, she was autistic a little bit. 
but I also see that she has a, what do you call it? A, um, a little schizophrenia. That's yes. Um, as well as uh, what is it? It's something else. I forget the name of it. But it's when you you have a. Oh my god! Well, when you dissociate? No, um, it won't come to me. It won't come to me later. But basically, you 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 live in this fantasy world of these celebrities are like gods, right? But I can't remember what it's called. It's like I think, I think you're talking about um, dissociative identity disorder. Yeah, something like that. Yes, yeah, our, our our resident host uh, expert here. <laughs> Exactly what it is. In other words, if you hear someone say, "Oh, they have a split personality," correct. Dissociative identity disorder—that is the clinical term for split personality. Um, but yes, I agree because when I was watching, I'm like, "This, this autism spectrum, definitely." Right. And I was like, "Something else is going on because she just, she's an adult, but mm -hmm. she." is almost functioning at like a child level correct so it just it's interesting i'll, I'll try it I'll no, you gotta finish see because now we gotta we gotta go back and talk about this when you right. finish it so you really get in depth yeah. on why i actually enjoyed it at the end because okay. like, maybe i get a better understanding i need i need to hear more of her backstory maybe i think that's what it is to understand what brought her to this place of super fandom um, the circling back to what you said, you said people come up to you and they're like, "Yo, it's it's DJ Scribbing." You just like, "No, nah, I'm not. That's that's not it. That's not what kind of time I'm on." <laughs> Man, listen, that that's real though. Like, bro, I I feel like I'm just a normal person. I'm just your average Joe. Like, I just do things people say are cool. Like, that's that's about it. That's that's really it. Like, my mama taught me to humble myself, and that's it. So I just I keep my head high. I shake everybody's hand. I say, what's up? If I forget your name, hit you with a pound, because that, that's about it. <laughs> yeah, we respect that, you know, but but we appreciate you being humble. But the difference from you and most of the folks that are trying to do what you do is that you apply yourself. That's the, you know, that that is the major, like, <laughs> discrepancy between folks. And folks don't understand that. It's like, like you said, you said you feel like you regular, you do this, you do this and you do that, but you're not because you apply yourself and you apply yourself at a high level. And it shows just for the simple fact that folks will come up to you because you inspire folks out here for sure, for sure. Like, I know you did mention, you know, earlier that you said, um, you know, you were coming from a teacher's perspective. Uh, would you like to give us a little background on the, the teacher perspective that you were talking about? Yeah, yeah. So I, um... I'm actually a middle grades educator. Um, I graduated from the College of Charleston with a middle grades education uh, degree. Don't be a hater, CSU. I'm not, I'm not being a hater. Just do what you got to do. Like, relax. <laughs> hey, it's all right. It's okay. It's okay. But yeah, so uh, um, I taught middle school for only a year. I taught eighth grade social studies. And I loved it and hated it at the same time. Um, I took a break. I went to parent uh, parent engagement for a nonprofit called Charleston Promise Neighborhood. So I did that for a year. So I was still in the schooling system and stuff like that. But my focus was now more so on the parents because that's why I got out of teaching for my first year. Because mm -hmm. the parents just, mm -hmm. 
parents were being parents. <laughs> so yeah, I was like, I gotta figure figure out how to how to create this nice niche in the community to really create that focus, which I did in the nonprofit. And then afterwards, while being in that nonprofit, um, Meeting Street Academy, they were like a, a a school that was in our, I guess our cohort or whatever you want to call it. And they were like, hey, we're looking for black male teachers. Da, 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 da. And I told them, I was like, well, I don't have, my degree is not in middle grades. They were like, oh, we're a private school. You'll be all right. And I was like, all right. They wait. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, so we just gonna throw me in there. All right, cool. I was like, I'm down for it. You know, it's another job, it's another opportunity. I wanted to try uh, elementary anyways, just to see how it was. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it for, um, I was there for five years. So I enjoyed it for a, a good while. But what I also, uh, told myself is I actually never took a step out on my fear. So like I was always passionate about DJing. I've been DJing for 12 years and I started in college. But the thing was, I focused, I always lived a double life. Like I've always been a teacher. I've always been a DJ. I've always been a teacher, DJ. Da -da -da -da. And I was like ridiculously overworking myself. Like I didn't have enough time to keep splitting myself. So I said, you know what? I'm always had a degree, but I'm not going to have this amount of time to actually be a DJ. Like you get old after a while, you ain't nobody calling you to go and DJ these parties. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not going to be tuned with the music and stuff like that no more. Like I ain't trying to listen to Lil Durk and stuff like that. Like whoever these little kids coming up, you know, it's, it's not going to be me anymore. You know, so I was just like, all right, I'm going to take one year, and I want to see. You know, what can I do in a year to say I am this entrepreneur as a DJ? So that's what I'm doing now. And it's going great. I'm loving it. And I'm enjoying the time that I have. Um, I enjoy my family time. I enjoy my rest. Hmm. I enjoy traveling. Like, it's great. It's, it's definitely dope. So the transition, I would definitely tell people, like, it wasn't easy. Like, yeah, I stopped once the school year was coming up so i didn't stop in the middle of the year i literally made it to the summer and it was so weird because once that like last check came through the mail i was like here we go here we go <laughs> gear. here it is but the thing was it was kind of like i was already making bread like to be honest the money i was making at as a teacher that was just that was my play money. Like I was literally taking that and I want to buy some like J's or some Yeezys or something like that. That was what that was for. If my wife wanted something, I'll be like, here, take this, do that. Da, da, da. So it wasn't like I was super dependent on it, but I also knew like, okay, now that we don't have that chick, we got to double up on just being this entrepreneur. So that's, that's the goals and the mindset where I am now. I oh you had something, Justin? No, you good, good. Oh, no, no. <laughs> yeah, all I was gonna say was listen, everybody that's you know listening to everything that's being said. He said he's been DJing for 12 years. This ain't right. no the thing you jump into and be like, all right, I've been here three months where the money at, where the shows at, put me in. That don't work like that. Right. <laughs> he said 12 years a time. Like, please understand this is not no overnight thing. You gonna 
start DJing and you feel like, oh, I'm ready. It don't work like that. <laughs> and also you said that um, you were actually financially gaining from DJing. It wasn't something that was just a, a dream. Correct. But you, you had proof that, okay, I can have success in this. So aside from being overworked and mm -hmm. that kind of pushing you to make a decision, teaching, DJing, and you already making money from it, I mean, what what finally pushed you to make that leap? Because that's scary. Like oh, you yeah. said, when you got that last check, that's security. A salary right. job is security. Right. The minute that you step out on faith and be an entrepreneur, you don't know what's going to happen. Listen, listen. So, like, it was, um, I don't know. It was like a lot of people were saying, yo, why you just never DJ? And I just kept getting it and kept getting it and kept getting it. And people were just kind of like, just DJ, just DJ, just DJ, just DJ. And I was like, you know, all these other people believe in me. You know what I'm saying? It was like, why can I not believe in myself enough to actually try? Um, because a lot of the times I tell people all the time, I was like, the number one thing that stops a whole lot of people is just fear, fear alone. And that's what it was. You know, I had that security for so long. This was going to be the first time I actually say, all right. This is all up to you. Like your mindset has to be on the grind 24 seven. And I tell people that now, like uh, I had a homeboy, he tried to follow me up. He was like, yeah, man, I'm, I stopped DJing. No, I stopped my nine to five da, 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 and I'm just DJ full time. I said, bro, I don't know if that was a good idea. Like <laughs> I was like, I said, financially for me, it's cool. I could do that. But I said, man, you just getting started. Like it's only been like, uh, I think it was only a year. And what he doing now? He back to his nine to five because that is it's a lot. Like people don't understand if you don't have the consistency of gigs over and over and over, like literally Thursday through Sunday, I'm working. But my Monday through Wednesday, that's the time I actually take out for myself. Like I give myself a day to just relax. I give myself a day for content. I give myself a day for like email. So some people be like, bro, you don't email me back. I got a day for that. Just wait on it. Because, <laughs> like, I, mean, I would like that, though. It's like, you got to have a plan, though. Like you said, like, you gave yourself saying, like, I'm going to do this for a year and see how it works. <clears throat> and what I will say is, like, a lot of folks think they can just jump into it. But I like how you strategically said, like, I'm going to give myself a year. I'm going to see what it does. And like you just mentioned this now, you have certain days designated for certain things. Like, if you don't do that, then it's like you jumping into something and you you have no idea where you're going, what you're doing, and that's just not good. Although, you know, like with entrepreneurship, we all know that you're going to fall, you're going to stumble, but the main thing is to get back up and stick to your plan. Correct. Like, like you said, it was, so many people. Like, uh, it was so funny, bro. Like, literally, the I think the first week, bro, the first week, I'm looking, I'm looking at my wife go to work. I'm looking at my daughter go to school because I'm taking her to school. And I got to the house and I was just kind of like, well, what do I do? You know, it was just kind of like, I literally don't know what to do right now. What should I start? Or like my head was in a whole lot of places. It was like, I could do this, 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 this. And that whole day went by and it was like, oh, I got to go pick Journey up. And I didn't do nothing. You know what I'm saying? So it was kind of like, I, I have to really figure out this entrepreneurship thing. You have to have discipline. Yeah. You never have somebody checking over you. Did you make this due date? No. You gotta right. do, you have to be your own supervisor. 
Exactly. Like I literally have to tell myself, all right, this is due this day. This is due this day. Okay, you need to be with your audience this day. You need to make these mashup videos. Like, bruh. Oh my god, it's it's a whole process that people don't even see, like people don't even understand. Man, like, listen, that consistency is everything. I'm telling you, like a lot of folks see, for instance, the show that right here that we got in retrospect show. And they're thinking like, oh, like all they do is show up and do this, that, and the third. What they don't know behind the scenes, we having tons of meetings. <laughs> we got a marketing guy, and we are constantly talking about ways to make everything better. Like mm -hmm. it's, and you gotta understand that is not easy. Like you said moments ago, everybody always sees the finished product. Nobody knows what's going into everything. Right. And I want to add because I agree with everything Justin just said. I want to add though, we actually enjoyed this. And you enjoy DJing. Exactly. I wouldn't say, because I know a lot of people preach being your own boss. That's not for everybody. But right. also, if you're going to choose to do that, yes, you want to make money. But please let it be something that you actually have a passion for and not just a get-rich-quick scheme. Correct. I just wanted to throw that in there. No, I think that's, like, the biggest thing because a lot of people, they do look at, like, right now, for instance, everybody wants to be a DJ. Like, I get people all the time in my DMs, can I be a DJ? Teach me how to DJ, da, 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 all that stuff. And the thing is, like, they'll come to my first lesson and I'd be like, here's some wires, go put that together. And they'd be like, what? I'm like, yeah, we got to learn about wires first. Like, you got to know how to plug things up. And that's the thing. It's like, bro, you really have to love this. I was like, y'all don't see the, the back end of DJing. Like, buying all this equipment ain't cheap freaking lifting like my wrist right now is messed up and i gotta get like uh what you gonna call it for it but like i'm lifting constantly speakers all day every day like all that type of stuff and then i'm also in the studio working practicing on different things so it's like if you don't enjoy that 24 7 it ain't for you like just just try to find something that you actually love and enjoy because the thing is if you can find something that you love and enjoy that makes money that's the beauty of it yeah like yeah. i didn't go into this saying oh this can make money like djing really chose me like i did not cho choose djing that's the funny part <laughs> how did your wife take it when you were like yeah i'm gonna stop teaching full-time and oh, she honestly supported it like okay she literally was like i mean hey I've been waiting on you to make this call, trying to figure out, you know, when was the right time. And honestly, we said the right time was after I bought the house. So I bought the house first. And she was like, all right, now you, you, can, you, you can go ahead and step on out. <laughs> I like that. Let's right. do the priority thing right now. And exactly. then get to that. Yes. So, like, it was like we had everything. Like, uh, so we had the house. You got your cars. The family's good. Finances are good. It was like, all right. I can't I can't say no. Like basically she was like, I'm only here to support you. And there, praise God, like there has been nothing to that has been nothing's gone wrong. Like everything's just been a smooth sailing ride. There's been uh no downtime. Like I think I think I had one time where I like took off for a while and I didn't have any gigs, and that was really weird. It was like Dang, I make no money this week. That's weird because I'm yeah. just making a certain amount every single week. So not making anything one week, it definitely you'll see it in your finance and be like, hold up now. 
I want to get some clarity too. I know he did mention like like he said that he wanted to make sure to get the house secured and then he's gonna make that big transition. For the folks out there that do not realize, we did have a, a episode on home buying, home purchasing, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. uh, these folks do look at your occupation when you are trying to get a home. <laughs> so just for some background, so you folks understand what he is trying to say. He was teaching, got the house, occupation teacher, this, that, and the third, secured it, did however many months he needed to put in for that, and then transitioned to chasing his dream. Well, it's not even chasing because he was already living it, but living the dream, really. <laughs> so, yeah, full time. That's really, that's really what occurred. And, you know, I was curious. Cause I know you did mention this moments ago as far as, like, lifting, you know, possibly needing a, a, a wrist brace of mm -hmm. sorts or something, you know, hold everything in place. What are some uh, stereotypes that you dislike about DJs? Uh, stereotypes. All DJs are not whores. <laughs> that's like, that's like the biggest one, bro. Like, that's the first one to get to my mind when you say stereotypes. It's so bad. It's like, okay, yeah, we we definitely, we, we're flirts. I'll put it that way. We, we definitely flirt and stuff like that. Like, I've definitely had to talk to my wife and been like, all right, I said some crazy stuff on the mic tonight. But that was a character. Like, there's a persona. Like, you know, you go back home with James, then there's Scrib. Like, this is just two different people. I try to keep them boys split. But, like, it, you, you, in a married situation, like, the DJ life is totally different. Like, I always have to be on my toes because people will try to take advantage of you easy. Like, women out here be scheming and plotting, like, real bad. Really? <laughs> Real bad. Oh yeah, everybody likes to dance in the area. The DJ walk up and do all this whole time. The DJ working. This is like, look, all right now. <laughs> I mean, I figured they probably buy drinks and things like that. Right, and that's a whole another thing. Like, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get on this self kick. And like, bro, you doing a great job. Oh my god, it's, can I get a shot? Can you want a shot? You want a shot? I'd be like. Are you trying to like ruin my job? Like, bro, I'm not gonna be able to function if you keep giving me these shots. And that's why, like, a lot of times you'll see us just passing shots out. We'll be like, hey, give that to the old girl. Da -da -da -da. We don't care because so many people keep giving it to us. Um, what's another stereotype? Oh, that we always got money. Oh my god, like yeah, bro, yeah. the club life. I'll tell y'all this right now. This, this is the <laughs> secret of the club life. Uh, club DJs don't make crap. Like that is like the smallest gig you can get in the industry. Mm -hmm. um, you making maybe you a beginner DJ. You might be making one hundred and fifty for a full night. Might. Be. Oh no! You're just getting started. That's exactly like he said. Twelve years in the game. Bro. Names out there has connections, and folks think they about to just start DJing overnight. Four to six months. I'm ready. It don't work like that. So do you try to stick with like weddings and bigger events? Yeah, yeah, bro. Like I don't like I like I like the club. So put it this way: like when you start out as a DJ, a lot of DJs will tell you, you know, I want to be in the clubs and stuff like that because it seems like oh, it's a whole lot of people, it's a whole lot of environment. You like a big crowd to basically represent mm -hmm. you. But the thing is, you ain't making no bread that that big club making. That club pulling in, you know, twenty, twenty thousand dollars, and you going out one hundred and fifty to maybe four hundred dollars, maybe four hundred, and that's now. That's even me right now as a twelve-year DJ. Like no DJ, I'll put that on anything. No DJ in Charleston, any area, is making 
they're not even making a thousand dollars in a club setting. Not even. Like it's not possible because of the way that clubs have already set up this this standard for themselves and what is important. Now, you go to a corporate or a wedding gig. Man, I mean, I'm making, let's see, weddings automatic for me is like, like my minimum is a thousand, minimum. And then it goes up depending on what else I have to add on there. So like if I need more speakers, you know, that's maybe $500. Up lighting, that's another thousand. Uh, you want them fog machines and all that type of crap. Like the more things I got to add on, I can get up to $6,000 with just a wedding. And then, but though, the thing about corporate events, corporate events, I love, love, love with a pet. When I say love, bro, give me two hours with a corporate event. I can make two bands, two hours and bring nothing. They'd be like, bring your laptop. <laughs> That's it. Bring your laptop. That's all you need. We got, they'd be like, what do you need? Well, I need the PA system. I need these type of turntables. I need, uh, I need to make sure like you got my hotel ready for me. I need a, a car. Like they'll check off all the boxes and it'd be like, What's the price? you give them a price. They'd be like, okay, boom. All the time you think of dang, I should ask for more. I swear to God, like it's, it's so, it's so beautiful, but like to get to that tier, though, it, it took some time. Now, I will say that, like, it definitely, yeah, it's it's not that's definitely not overnight. Like, corporate, you that means your networking is crazy. Like, to, to even get into those levels, I had to, I guess, one up on other DJs. It was just kind of like other DJs were like, you know what, I like how you work, I'm gonna put you on with this person. And see, you know, they said they want this type of vibe. I think you can do. And a lot of DJs do that. Like we we are a community. We help out each other and stuff like that. Like I put other people in different positions, especially when I couldn't do something. Or like I just say, you know what? I find this person to be a better fit for you here. So it's kind of like you trust and believe in the next person just to kind of see what they're doing. Like right now, how I'm into these corporate gigs is because of my two mentors, which is uh Earl Newell, who goes by DJ45 and Natty Heavy. So these two people here in Charleston. Shout out. (laughs) (laughs) Like Natty, Natty retired from the club, right? And it was so funny because I was like, I was like, all right, my time to shine. Because Natty was like knocking everything, bro. Knocking everything. And it was so funny because we talk about this all the time. Like Natty's like, all right, I I don't know none of this new stuff no more. Like Natty, Natty damn near 50. So he just be like, bro, this is the song. This is what I know. When they need all that newer stuff, he'll call me and be like, hey, what's what's hot on TikTok? What's the little sound? You know, what's going on? Type of stuff <laughs> like that. And I'll be like, I got you, Nat. I'll send him a little pack or whatever. But that's the thing. It's like you know, you start to transition out of those those places. You know, you you start to see exactly where your DJ stardom happened, as well as like um, where you began and where you're starting to go. So, looking at myself now, I think it's so funny because I'd be like, bro, 
I'm like right in the middle. Like I'm still like, okay, like, you know, I can DJ pretty much any and everything, but I do know exactly what I want to DJ, you know? Mm -hmm. What is your performance style like? And and what do you specialize in specifically that? Um, so I call myself an open format DJ. A lot of people say that, but that just basically means that I can pretty much DJ anything. Like I tell people, I said, bro, the anything. everybody listening, anything. No, like, <laughs> like anything. Like, for real, for real. Like, Don't plans, you know, like what would happen if somebody stole your equipment? I said, I would not care. You can steal my equipment, but you cannot steal my laptop. Like the thing about my laptop, you know how Beyonce used to carry her laptop around when the new album was on it? Mm -hmm. That's my laptop. Like, bro, it's so much music on here from the past to now to like different edits that I created myself that if I lose that, bro, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I have no you idea. Come back like future, man, when he dropped all the new music, dog. Yeah, <laughs> job, come back crazy. It's gonna be crazy. Want that I, I definitely don't want that to happen. I don't want that. That's why I have multiple computers now, just in case that actually does happen. Because, like, one of my homeboys, his stuff got stolen when he was on tour. Like, everything got stolen. So he was like, bro, I was just glad I had my double in, in the uh, hotel room. And I was like, bro, that's so crazy. So, but yeah, I'm open format DJ. I can literally play anything and everything. I do every type of event you can think of. Um, yeah, like uh so if you play everything, is there mm -hmm. no type of event that you would be like, absolutely not? I can't, I'm not doing it. So for me, I love challenges. So like like somebody just came to me the other day with the Ethiopian wedding. And I said, Hell yeah, give me that. Like I want, I like challenges. I love to basically do a lot of research, anyways, especially on different cultures and stuff like this. Like I've done Every type of wedding you could think of, like I've done bar mitzvahs, sweet sixteens, Kim Sierras, uh I've done all of the LGBTQ weddings, I've done uh corporate events that were solely for Spanish speaking people. I've done man, when I tell you, like bro, everything and anything, like you know what the funniest gig I had was like this country gig. And I pulled up when I tell you it was nothing but white people, just straight white people. And they looked at me and said, This is gonna be interesting. Right. <laughs> it was already like, and I told my wife, I said, Man, I feel like I'm gonna get out right now. And she was like, Hey, you already got paid for that gig. Do what you gotta do. Impress them. And I was like, All right. But that's the thing. Like, when I have a gig aligned, especially if it's something that's not common for me to do, mm -hmm. like for at least a month, I'm just researching. And I'm researching and researching and researching. So I'm getting like crates together. So crates, you know how they used to have crates back in the day? So on computers, they have actual little crates that you can make. Mm. So we'll make, I'll make a crate. And for that one specifically, it was like country music. But then I had smaller crates that had like the years. I had like, all right, these are like soul hits, like straight hits, you know? And then I'll even do hours. So it'll be like, all right, beginning country set, middle country set, the end type stuff like that, just to have an organization to the whole process of everything. Because that's that's so I can keep getting hired. Like mm -hmm. I make more money 
from each gig because guess what people are doing? They're listening to how I am. They're listening to my transition. And what's going to happen? Some people are going to come up. Hey, do you have a business card? Oh, sure do. Boom. And that's another gig right there. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, that's how you keep being consistent because guess what? That one time you messed up, your name is messed. You're like, it's just done. It's like, who was that that uh, that DJ that event? Oh, that was Scrib. Yeah, we're not going to hire him again. That, he, he messed that royally up. And that's the thing. That word get passed around. So I tell people all the time, I'm like, bro, if you don't have a 10 out of 10, when it comes to, a, I call it the Scrib experience, bro, please tell me. Like, I, I will run it back for you. But I've never had that. Praise God. Like, all my events are always. Don't get, no, don't get no ideas now. Like, don't, don't be thinking you're just going to be saying anything. And he gonna run it back. It don't work like that. That's bad business. Don't oh, try that. <laughs> right back, right back. Like, bro, it just it's it's fun, man. Like, it's just it was just cool to actually like experiment different things. And like I said, it's it's all challenging. Like when I tell you, if you press shuffle on my computer, you are gonna be like, it will go from Coco Melon to like some Spanish music Coco to Melon. literally the hardest of rap to like hardcore metal. Like I listen to everything, anything, man. Yeah. Okay. How long does that process usually take for you? I know you said going through those crates on your uh, computer, you know, well, shuffling, creating mixes. <laughs> it just depends sometimes. Like, for instance, so like I have a I have an app right now that I use for a lot of my weddings. Well, I can use them for anything, but specifically weddings. And what it does is basically it it allows the host. So, for instance, say y'all two are getting married. Just mm -hmm. Just say that. And I'm going to send you both this app. I'll create it. Um, well, I didn't create it. This guy named Mike created it. And <laughs> what it does is literally it shout saves, out to Mike. Right. Shout out to Mike. Like, it literally saves the DJ's time because y'all want so many different songs. So everybody puts all the songs that they want, right? All I got to do is click on the song, make sure I got it in my Serato. I save it. It it come it becomes a compressed file and I drag that compressed file into my Serato. Now I got all the songs right there. That sounds so tedious on the couple. I feel like it would be easier to just say, hey, we want an R and B meal, so hip hop vibe. Yeah, but, but you no, gotta understand you deal with certain people. very particular people. Like right. go ahead, he'll explain it. People are very picky. Like I oh need this. God. And then they'll switch it up. Like, say somebody do something crazy, like, say, two or three days out from the event, you're like, hold up. Like, you legit got to give people – he going to explain it a little bit because I got family that DJ, and, man, listen, dog. <laughs> it, it's a lot. Like, literally, like, um, you have those couples that they'll just be like, hey, I already seen you, DJ. Just give me, like, some 90s, you know, give me, like, some good throwbacks. Cool. Now I'm – I'm ready to go. That means I can just go wherever I feel like going. Yeah. And you got them couples. I'd be like, all right, these are all the songs. And they send you like a 150 song playlist. And I'm just looking like, all right, here we go. Let me look down this. But most of the time, it's songs I already have. So it's like. Exactly. Bro, like I tell people all the time. I'm like, bro, just give me 10 songs. Give me 10 songs. That's it. Just so I can feel out what type of vibe you want, and I can figure out the rest. You ain't, you ain't got to give me 100, 200 songs. Like, most songs I've had on one person's playlist, I think they had, like, 300 songs. And I was like, bro, 
what the hell am I going to do with 300? You might as well just plug your own phone in <laughs> and let it play. I was like, bro, you don't trust me? Like, you, we going to have a great time. I promise you. Like, it's going to be good. But it's cool. Like, that's, it's, it is what it is. Like, uh, I just had this wedding I posted today, and their wedding was super dope. Um, but what they did, they gave me like, I think they gave me maybe 20 songs and most of the songs, it was just a specific song. So like, you know, the processional, when the bride comes out, the wedding party, things like that. Like it was just those type of songs. Like they didn't have any open dancing, no cocktail hour songs, none of that. It was like, you choose, you go. Man, that's the best thing because the thing about me, I'm a crowd pleaser. So I'm gonna look at the crowd and their crowd was a mix of, um, I want to say, like, it was very a mixed crowd. Mm -hmm. So I could go from freaking like Project Pat to Justin Bieber to freaking 21 Savage to Buju Banton. Like, I literally could go every and anywhere. And it was a vibe. Like, it was just dope that I could do that. So. And there's also certain like artists like I'm pretty sure you know because you DJ of course that just resonate with everybody at some point in their lives they've they've heard a Daddy Yankee song, yep. <laughs> you yep. heard a Sean Paul song like yep. it's like you said all those throwbacks at some point or another you heard it <laughs> I don't know where you was but you heard it and right. like you said it gives you t uh you know you're able to create what you know what they may like with those said songs that's wild it gets up to like two three hundred. Oh, yeah. I think the only thing I would do is say, hey, I don't want to hear this specific artist. Right. I feel like that's the most I would ever do. Oh, you know, speaking of that, that was one of the hardest things. It was one person that put me in a totally different level. Like, this is what changed my entire look on events. So it was the father of my homegirl, Brittany. And he was like, I don't want no slow songs. Like, when the boys come in, <laughs> and I was like, bro, hold up now. Because you know, the thing about it is like during the dinner and stuff like that, you got time to just have some chill stuff. Yeah. Nah, he didn't want none of that. Like, literally, if you looked at their list, that don't say no, don't play, don't play, don't play. He didn't want no line dances, nothing. Oh, so, wow. like, for me, I was like, oh, you putting me on a, a, a different scale of things. And I really had to like, rewire my mind to set up where it was like all right how can i play for four hours straight Thanks. no stops <laughs> all just up tempo stuff i did it i did it but it was the most challenging time and i don't think he understood that that was so challenging for a dj to do where it's like we have buffer times when they're you know are certain certain times in the in an event like if people are literally eating, I'm about to play like nothing crazy. But that's the thing. It was like all right, I had to be in my R and B bag for real because I had them people singing during their during them having dinner. Then like uh, when it was like cocktail hour, you know, mixing and mingling and stuff like that. There were people that really wanted to dance, but there were older people. So I went to my older bag and I got all the old hip hop stuff out. And then when it was like the party time, that's when I can just knock all the hits out, all the hits going crazy. I had no breaks that night. <laughs> no breaks. 
<laughs> that was literally the most fun I've ever had at a wedding. Like that was top of the line, best event ever, bro. I like that you. I'm trying to figure out how to say this so it makes sense. I like that you are explaining the different elements of being a DJ other than pressing play and listening to music. Because okay. a lot of what you're saying are transferable skills, right? Like you didn't start off as a DJ. You have to know how to communicate. You have to be observant to see if the crowd likes what you're playing, who's there, what should you play. You have to do research. Right. So I, I just, for those who are listening, who want to DJ specifically or just anything, you have to put in work. It right. can't just be the fun part, unfortunately. It has to be all that goes into it so that you perfect your craft. For sure. And you gotta you gotta watch other people too. Like a lot yeah. of people, um, because for me, like my whole thing, like, and my wife told me this a long time. She was like, What makes you different than other DJs? And like for the longest, I couldn't, I couldn't actually say that. I was like, damn, I kind of do sound like you know, everybody else. Like, it wasn't anything specific that I could pinpoint and say, oh, this is what Scrib's going to do. But now, like, for me, nobody can touch my transitions alone. Like, it doesn't matter what song it is. I can transition in and out of songs beautifully. Like, you just be thinking, like, I didn't even know them two songs go together. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Or, like, my mashups alone, like, people haven't touched my mashups at all. Like, people still be like, Bro, where your head be at? Like, how did you even make this up? Like, why? Why was this a thing? Like, um, but I also am inspired by these other DJs that some people don't know, but like it's a guy named Miles Medina from California. He does all these crazy uh mashups and he's like a turntablist as well. And then of course Jazzy Jeff, who's one of the like the greats that people really don't know that he was a top-tier DJ. And still is to this day. So it's like these are people I consistently watch, and just to see them work and stuff like that, I've definitely grown from them. Um, and even this this white guy named Trays. Trays is a cat out of D uh DC. And when I tell you, if you just watch one of his videos, you're gonna be like, What? Like, like he does this thing called uh tone play. And what tone play is, is when you have a DJ mixer in front of you and you know those buttons, mm -hmm. like those buttons with all the lights on it. Yeah. Some DJs can actually cue them up and start making melodic sounds with them. So the first melodic sound that he ever did, which I thought was super interesting, was he did a transition from I'm different to, uh, was it, what was it? Shimmy Shimmy Ya. So he took... He took the piano like I do it now. Like people think it's mine. I'll be like, bro, this is not my creation. Like I did not do this. But it's literally the so you know the little doom 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 from I'm different. Yeah. So the shimmy y'all basically uses the same piano piece. And what he does is like and he'll just transition it back and forth, and it's hmm. it's crazy. So yeah. The, I don't know why that took me back to the scene from uh, Juice <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. But that, that's the movie that inspired everything. <laughs> that's the movie that inspired everything. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah, of course. Of course. No doubt. This was fun. I loved it. Um, I was going to say, we'll put your information in the description box so if you have any uh, events coming up that you would like him to DJ. He may take it on. I don't know, but we'll put it in the 
are, are you dropping a new are you dropping a new mix this Friday as well or is it next Friday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been trying to keep I've been trying to keep consistent. So like Thursdays and Friday, Thursday and Fridays, you can always basically catch a little mix or something. Like whenever you do drop the mix this week, you can send it to us and we'll post it on our page too. Uh, that way, so we can lead up to everything going on. So, yeah, so when, whenever you do, if you do it this week or not, it's whatever, but we'll still post one of the mixes and then we'll tag you in it. That way, we can get the ball rolling with that. Yeah, see, I was supposed to drop one in Texas too, but like, man, I ain't had no time to even make that. So, I saw that you had a lot going on. The gigs yeah. didn't stop you in steady motion, bro. A lot. All right. Um, thank you, DJ Scripps, for joining us. I have, been, I have been Deja D. And I've been Jay Stan. Join us every other Friday at noon. And always remember to like, comment, and subscribe.